Hey everybody, this is Sente Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles on Friday, December the 15th. And I just wanted to re- reiterate something that I've talked about before because it keeps coming up. And the question I'm going to talk about again is, or the statement rather, is don't forget to remember why you train. Now, a lot of people, if you ask them why they train martial arts, they say confidence, discipline, so on and so forth. But I had a conversation with an quote-unquote MMA guy about realistic training. And it was kind of funny and sad at the same time as these conversations tend to be. And we were talking about why we train and what we get out of it. I was trying to speak to him mainly about mastery of self and getting your virtues aligned and getting your vices under control, enrichment of self, that kind of thing. And he spoke about knowing that his self-defense techniques worked because they are proven by sport combatants in MMA competitions. And after a while of, you know, not seeing eye to eye on most of these topics, he just hit me with a nugget of genius, insert sarcasm, and it sounded something like this. Well, if we're going to spar, if we were to spar, we'd see who the better MMA guy is. And I was like, yeah, he actually said MMA guy, not mixed martial artist, but I digress. I said, I see. That is where we differ. You consider MMA competition to be the end-all, be-all of martial arts efficacy and the ultimate proving ground. I consider the time I survived the knife attack with only two small slices to be the epitome of mine. Or at least... If it's not the epitome of my skills, it's certainly the most important expression of them. Remember, folks, we should be training to preserve our lives and the lives of our loved ones, not to kick butt in a sports competition. Anyway, that's it for right now. What do you guys think? Am I wrong? I mean, am I just being too narrow-minded? Call in and let me know. Check me out at martialartsoakland.com. And by far, of course, the most important thing, please be kind to yourselves and each other. Hey, everybody, this is Sente Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles on Friday, December the 15th. And even though I enjoy punching more than kicking, I want to jump all on this topic. And that topic is, why are there so many arguments about the part of the foot that you're supposed to kick with? Now, I'm going to be talking about the roundhouse kick and the side kicks mainly because... They're the ones that seem to be causing all the controversy. Now, in many different schools and in many different systems, you know, there's a lot of disagreement about this. So I figured that I'm just going to start from the top and, you know, see where we end up. So with the sidekick, there's really only two options. There's the heel of the there's the heel or the blade, you know, the edge of the foot, outside edge. Now, some systems, Korean systems like Tang Sudo and Taekwondo, they kick with the blade of the foot. And some traditional karate systems do as well. And I don't get it. Kicking with the edge of your foot can be really dangerous to your foot and ankle. If you don't strike your target at just the right ankle, you can easily sprain or break your ankle. And think about how the foot rolls in the joint, right? Now, I don't know about you guys, but in the middle of a fight or a self-defense situation, the last thing I want to think about and the worst time to injure yourself is right then. Now, I personally think that the heel is a better option. And while it may be a smaller target, it's a much harder one. The heel is one of the hardest bones in the body. And it just makes 
way more sense to me to use our hardest weapons in a fight. And I've seen lots of sparring matches and real fights and probably 80% of the broken ribs I've seen have come by way of sidekicks with the heel. If you don't think that broken ribs hurt, ask Oscar De La Hoya about his fight with Bernard Hopkins. I'm sure he'd be glad to fill you in, okay? Now, the roundhouse kick gets a little tricky because you can kick with the ball of the foot, the instep, or the shin. And there's actually a number of good reasons why you should use each one of those particularly because as far as most martial arts go, the roundhouse is usually done with the instep as the main striking surface. Why? Because you can maintain a safer distance from an attacker and still inflict a good amount of damage to whatever it is you're striking, right? If you've ever seen a roundhouse kick, even in the age of MMA popularity, it was likely done with the instep. Now, the ball of the foot's a good idea because I think that you can kick more precisely. You can use more precision. You can stick the ball of a foot easily between someone's guard and still do a lot of damage. If you're kicking using the instep, you'll be able to follow with your punches a lot more easily. Excuse me. If you're kicking with the ball, you'll be able to follow your punches a lot more easily than with the instep. Kicking with the ball of the foot allows you to stick and move a lot more easily because you haven't committed too much of your weight to the kick. And I think if you're looking to run for it after you've struck the person, always a good idea in my book, okay? You may want to strike with the ball of the foot and then run like a son of a gun, whatever. Now, kicking with the shin is a whole nother matter because in Muay Thai, Kyokushin, Enshin, and a couple other hard karate styles, they strike with their shins, as you know. The reasoning is simple. It's a larger, harder bone than the ones in your feet. And you can do a lot of damage to a person with your shins. I ain't gonna lie. Let someone kick you with their foot one time, and then let that same person kick you with the same amount of force using their shin. You'll feel the difference, and you won't like it. But the thing about the shin kick that I don't like is that it requires you to be a lot closer to your opponent. And while there's power on the kick because you're committing your hips in a different way, you have to commit all of your body weight, and the follow-up with the hands is more difficult. Also, the momentum can spin you all the way around if you completely miss your opponent. And while, like I said, some people are proponents of the kick for power, I'm a firm believer in relying on mobility while striking. So keep in mind also that Muay Thai fighters and MMA guys tend to be a lot more stationary than people that use the ball or the instep. Anyway, the fact of the matter is all these kicks have merit. And the one that you use should probably pretend be based on your particular strengths and weaknesses. If you like to stick and move, ball the foot. If you like to angle away, strike with the instep. If you have strong, powerful legs, blast with the shin. I mean, these all have options. And they all have benefits. So let me know. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Check me out at martialartsoakland.com. And of course, by far the most important thing, please be kind to yourselves and each other. Hey, everybody. This is Sensei Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles on Friday, December the 15th. And as I just kicked off my shoes, you know, I don't wear shoes in the house. I'm ready to have another go at some martial arts tradition. Now, right about the time you saw your first karate gi, you probably wondered why the heck nobody had shoes on. It can be a disconcerting at first. I remember as a kid thinking, oh my gosh, it smells like feet in there. <laughs> what can I tell you? I was kind of a straight shooter even back then, right? And judging by how calloused and bruised some of the people's feet got in training, it really made you wonder if bare feet in karate was such a good idea to start with. But... 
Never to fear. I'm here. And I'm going to break it down for you. Easiest Sunday morning. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway. Now, for those of you who don't want to contemplate the reason, I got it for you. Easiest cake here. And the reason that nobody practiced with shoes on in the old days was, wait for it, uh, they couldn't. When we think of shoes, we think about the good old-fashioned Adidas or Nikes or Reeboks or K-Swiss that we know and love so much. Back in the old days, things were a little different. There were no closed-toed shoes. They were sandals. And I'm not talking about the cool kind you can get at Big Five or Nordstrom's. The fact is, practicing in sandals wouldn't have made any sense. You can't practice the kind of footwork that they do in sandals. I mean, I invite you to try. And once your broken ankles heal, you will realize why we don't do it either. So why the bare feet? For freedom of movement. To toughen the surfaces used for kicking. And lastly... Just because it's bad etiquette to track dirt into the dojo from the road outside. That is a major no-no. I mean, sorry to disappoint you guys. If I had better reasons, I would tell you. But here I go being all, you know, practical, that P word again. And you know how much you hate that. I'm just kidding. Now, I'm prepared for the heat. So I'm going to tell you why it's a stupid reason to wear shoes. Excuse me, to not wear shoes in the dojo. Now, let's start with the main reason. If you're ever attacked out in the streets or even in your home, likely as not, you're going to have shoes on. And the practical nature of modern martial arts demand that we try to imitate the reality of self-defense as much as possible. So if we're going to fight in shoes, we should train in shoes. To me, that's about as common sense as it can get, right? Fighting barefoot is really an outdated concept. Back in the old days when people fought they could just slip off their sandals and they're ready to rumble. I mean, I sincerely doubt that any one of us would have had the time to untie our shoes and take off our kicks or maybe even our socks before a fight. We'll just have to move and kick in what we have on. Now, there's no disrespect intended to the old masters or anything like that, but fighting has evolved, so maybe so should our sensibilities about this. Training in shoes also help you develop more powerful kicks. How, you may ask? Well, let's talk about traction. The new technology in shoes and the fact that we have far superior roads, they allow better grip on the ground. And there's really no reason to forsake that additional traction, right? We want to be able to kick as hard as you possibly can. And if you don't think that shoes make a difference Go ahead and try a roundhouse kick in high heels. That's mostly aimed at you, ladies, but hey, I'm not a sexist. Guys, if you want to give it a twirl, get your high heel roundhouse kick on. If you get caught with ladies' kicks on, though, I'm not responsible for the embarrassment. Just saying. But lastly, I'd kind of like you just to consider the possibility of foot injuries. Anyone who spends any time in martial arts has kicked someone in the elbow or smashed their toes. And if you haven't done it yet, <laughs> keep it up. You will. And let me be the first one to tell you, it hurts. I mean, really hurts. That holy crap that hurt, but I can't crack some of a grown man kind of hurts. Or for the analytical folks out there, just feel free to check in for the number of foot and ankle injuries that Americans suffer from. It'll really make you think about those beautiful barefoot roundhouse kicks you've been throwing, right? I mean, just saying. Just a little something to think about. You guys go ahead and marinate on that. I'm going to get myself a bottle of cold water, 
and see who else in cyberspace disagrees with me. Anyhow, please check me out at marshfarshoakland.com because I appreciate what you do. And by far the most important thing, please be kind to yourselves and each other.